0: Amen. Amen. Okay. So if we're going to move forward, we're going to move forward. We got to we, we got to do something uh, different than we've ever done. Obviously, right? Because I mean, you're in that same place, just going round and round and round. This morning, I'm going to do something a little different because I, I'm actually going to do something that's out of my sermon speaking character as normal. Just just a little bit, not a big deal. Just here at the beginning, is I'm going to start with a superlative, a question about a superlative, and. That's one of my pet peeves, you know, like preachers, teachers, public speakers, politicians that use superlatives and tell you the most important thing, like like a politician, you know. You hear them give a speech, and they say, the most important thing you need to know about this election is da-da-da-da-da. The next week, they're in a different town, different people around them, and they say, the most important thing you need to know about this election is, and it's a different da-da-da-da-da. You know, wait a minute, both of them can't be the most important thing. That is a pet peeve. It, it gripes me to hear a preacher do that because I know, I know what he's going to do is there's going to be another most important thing in two or three weeks. The reason I know that is because in my second church, I remember I pastored, I, I was preaching something really, really hard. I was preaching, man, about, about something. And I said and, and said, and the most important thing is, and I paused for, to see if anybody had the answer, and they gave the answer, but it was the wrong answer. They gave the answer from the most important thing three weeks ago instead of the important thing of the day. And I realized, oh my goodness, I got to quit saying that. The most important thing, the awesome, the the amazing, and the this is it, you know. It, it, the most important thing. But this morning, that's where I want to start. I want to start with the most important thing, and I want you to know this is out of character for me in my preaching because that's a pet peeve of mine to say the most important thing. So if I want to do that, I need to be really careful how I do that, Donna. Okay. So let's begin. What is the most important thing? Because you need to know this. If you're on the carousel and you want to get off, you want to start moving forward in your life, you want to quit, you know, and and they say the, the, the measure of success is not if you have problems or not. The measure of success is if you have the same problem today that you had a year ago. Because if you do, you haven't been very successful in the last year. So if you're just running around, you're ready to get rid of the problem and start, I mean, it, at least, isn't it wonderful sometimes just swap a problem and work on a different one than the one you've been working on the last five or ten years, you know? You know what I'm talking about? And so, get off, how do you get off the carousel? You're going to have to change something. So let's let's find out what the most important thing is for you to do. And i got a list up here. You know, this this is multiple choice for you. You don't have to answer, okay? Uh, I mean, you don't have to come up with your own. i got a bunch of, and you can, and if, and if yours isn't up here, and you, you know, the most important thing in your heart, your, your mind, or whatever you want to shout it out, you can. Uh, but let me let me share these that I've got up here for you because the first one is what's the most important thing for you as a Christian to know that you need to be doing as a Christian to move forward as a new Christian or maybe somebody who's just stuck you've been a Christian for a long time you're stuck obedience oh obedience is important you got to be obedient to God you got to do what God says or stewardship yeah steward man how's God going to bless you financially if you're robbing from God I didn't say that Malachi chapter 3 did you know, you know, the fruit is going to rot off your vine before it even before it even comes to comes to to, to being ripe. It's just going to rot away. So uh, that's that's important. Or attending church, yeah, you got to attend church. How do you connect? How do you get encouraged? How do you receive instruction? That's very important. Or worship, you need to be worshiping. I'm not just talking about here. You need to be worshiping every single day of your life, holiness, trying to live uh, above sin and, and trying to defeat all your temptations. Bible study—you need to know the Word of God. That's very important. That's how that's how Jesus Himself defeated Satan was through the Word of God, not just with His power. He didn't zap Him with His finger. He spoke the Word of God. You need to you need to know the the, the Bible or fasting. Man, fasting is so important. Uh, we need to be doing that, but I was reminded this week about how God says, yeah, but the fast that you guys are involved in, that's not what I've been calling you to. I ain't called you to a fast to, to, to persecute yourself. I've called you to a fast to, to set aside some of yourself so that you can, you can bless other people. Or what about a church? What's, impo- what's the most important thing for a church to help its people move forward? Uh, Worship, okay. I mean, if we're gonna have church, what are we gonna do? I mean, yeah, we're gonna worship, aren't we? Isn't that the most important thing? Or maybe preaching. Now that's one of my favorites because I I like this moment that I get to spend with you. Okay, so preaching's important to me. Or teaching, because you know there's a lot of things that I just don't have time and I can't go that deep in preaching that I can in teaching in smaller crowds. You know, and so that's important. Kids' church, man. We've heard all these years. If you want to reach somebody, reach the mom. if you reach the mom of the family, you're going to have to have a great kids ministry. So kids church, that's important. Or student ministry, man, that's where excitement happens. You get a lot of teens in and people say, hey, I like seeing all these youngsters here around church, you know, and things. the excitement comes. Prayer, prayer. You got to be praying. I mean, prayer is the connection to God. That is so important. Or fellowship. Yes, yes, we need fellowship. It was one of the keystones of the early church. In Acts chapter 2, I mean, they met day to day, house to house. They just kept going and, and fellowshipping. That's very important. in discipleship, because that's what they were doing. And when they met house to house, they were fellowshipping and discipling one another. They were teaching and training. So which of these is the most important? Which of these is the most important? Because you need to know this, because you need to move forward. You need to quit rolling around back and forth and in the same place all the time. And you need to, you need to find out which is the most. Okay, so I'm going to be real careful here. It'd be really easy for me to tell you which one is mine, and you tell me, I mean, you want to vote? We we'll go through the list, y'all vote. We could do that. Or you could get all your friends to come over here, and some of you might want to do this this afternoon and say, Preacher, you're wrong. You know, I'm going to tell you something. You don't need to hear what I think is most important. You don't need to hear what anybody in this room thinks is most important. You don't need to know what the vote is out there of what the population thinks is most important. The only thing that matters is what God says. And the fact, this awesome fact that Jesus was actually kind of asked this question, different context, but he was asked this question one day when a religious guy came to him and said, "said oh, great teacher, master, what is the greatest commandment of the law? Okay, so he was asked the question. Now, he was asked by a religious guy. We've got a scripture right here uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, beginning verse 36, which is the greatest commandment of the law. He was asked the question, but he was asked in this religious context, you know, of what's the greatest com- commandment? okay, here's, here's something you got to get. If you're going to move forward, you're going to have to get out of your mind, okay, what is the, the one thing I need to do, Jesus? Because you know what you're saying? You're saying, look, I don't have time for everything, so just tell me the most important thing, and I'll do the most important thing. I mean, that's really kind of the attitude here, is, you know, I know that I'm going to probably mess up and sin, which, which is the one I don't want to break, the one commandment? And so it's it's almost like thinking of of which is the the minimum requirements for me to be okay with you, God, and for me to start moving forward in my life. And that's kind of the way the question was asked, but Jesus doesn't answer it that way. He really doesn't answer. He does answer which is the greatest commandment, but he speaks a load. He speaks volumes when he says this. And, And just follow me just here a moment and see what he tells us here, okay? He answers the question, but he says a whole lot more than which is the greatest commandment. He says, It is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He does answer the question, but he says a whole lot more. Last week at 101, uh, after I was done, I really kind of hurried through, got done, and, and uh, asked if anybody had questions. Somebody asked a question. I gave five answers, you know. And uh, I don't think they wanted to ask any more questions after that because, I mean, I was just so excited about 2911 11 and all that God is doing through us, you know. I think that's where Jesus was in this. It's like there's so much in him. How can I tell you one thing? So let me tell you a whole lot more than just the greatest commandment. Let me preach something else to you. And so he went on. He said, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said this deep thing. He said, all the law, all the prophets, you know, all the all that Old Testament stuff, every single bit of it hang on these two commandments. Every single bit of it. It's like you you put a nail on the wall and everything everything hangs on. If it doesn't hang on that, throw it away. It's kind of like he was saying, if you can get these two commandments inside of you, you know you'll have it all. You say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What what about that obedience and what about church attendance and what about what about fellowship and what about all those things? Aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yes. But he's saying, if you'll get this, you'll do those. Because what is the what is the common element in those two command commandments? The word love. Right there. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And you know the Ten Commandments? You know those that God gave Moses? Those Ten Commandments? They're broken down really into, you can break them down into two categories. And the first the first part of them are about how we approach God because of our love for Him. And the second group of them is about how we treat others because of our love for them. And He's teaching us here. Everything hangs on. Get this, and you'll do the rest of it. You get this, because, because if you get this, if you love God with everything that you've got, you're going to wake up on Sunday morning and say, I'm ready to go to church. i got to be in His presence. If you if you really, really love your, your neighbor and love others as yourself, then you're going to be out there. Evan- we didn't even have evangelism on our list. You're going to be out there evangelizing. You're going to want to reach somebody. You're going to want to do something for somebody. If you really love God and love His people, you're going to want a fellowship. You're going to want to go to a small group because, man, it is so much in me. Here's the thing is, you know... I don't need to teach you how to be a better spouse. If you'll just fall in love with your spouse, you'll be a better spouse. I don't need to teach you how to be a better parent. If you fall in love with your kids and you truly love your kids, you'll be a better parent. And the same way, I don't need to teach you all of these things. If you'll just fall in love with God and fall in love with all of God's people, all these other things will start, they'll just start laying out before you. Love is the thing because everything else hinges on that. You can do a lot of things without love, but you can't love without doing those things. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Y- you can pray without loving, but you can't love without praying. You can attend church without loving, but you can't love without attending church. Everything hangs on love. And how do we measure love? Again, just don't look at what I say. But let's look at what God says. What is the metric of love? The metric of love is sacrifice. That's how we measure love. And, and, and you don't get this from me. You get this from Jesus Christ's own words, where he says, greater love hath no man than this. Book of John. Uh, it said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Greater love. What, h- how do you measure love? Sacrifice. Greater love he said I didn't say that Jesus said that the metric, the way we measure love is sacrifice, and the greatest the greatest sacri- or the greatest love is the ultimate sacrifice of laying down your life, but that doesn't mean that you have to lay down your life to show love. it just means the greatest or the highest is to lay down all of your life, but you can lay down parts of your life to show your love for people every single day. Jesus did it. He just finally ended his life by laying his life down for everybody, but he laid parts of his life down all along the way because love gives. Love acts. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need but closes his eyes to his need, how can God's love reside in him? If you have plenty and you see somebody that doesn't have enough and they have need and you close your eyes or your heart to him, how can you say you love? But little children, he says, we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and actions. Love is not, love is not what we say. Love is not what we what we write. Love is what we do. Love acts. We must love with truth and actions. You might have heard us say around here, if you've heard a message or if you've been to a small group on marriage or anything like that, you might have heard us talk about what love is. Love is not emotion, it's not feeling. That's lust. That's lust. When you when you say, "Oh, I love this," no, that's lust, and not just sexual lust. I mean, you can be driving down the road this afternoon, see a big bass boat on the side of the road with a big for sale sign on it. Say, "Man, I gotta have that." That's lust. That's not love. Okay, and it doesn't. Like uh, I it doesn't have to be sexual. It, lust is just inordinate uh, uh, affection for something that you really don't need. And so you can lust for anything. And when you have that feeling inside, "Oh man, I gotta have this." That's not love. That's lust. Love is a choice. Jesus Christ wasn't seated at the right hand of the Father a little over 2,000 years ago and looked down on this earth and said, oh, man, I'm so excited. i got to go die for those people. It wasn't emotion. It was a choice. He said, I have to go die for those people. It was a choice the night before he died in the Garden of Gethsemane. His emotions said no. His feelings said no. But his choice said, I've got to do this. If there's no other way, Father, then I'll do it. And he chose to love. That's what love love gives. Love acts. Love works. Matthew uh, Matthew 7, 12. So in everything, and you know this is the golden rule probably, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. The golden rule. And what is it you want from others? Sacrifice. That's what you want from everybody. oh, no. Yeah, even those of you who like to play the martyr, you know, and do everything for everybody... You still want sacrifice from those around you. That's what we want in a relationship. You want somebody to take a part of who they are and just set it aside for a moment and give to you. You know, you guys, you just want your wife to share the remote control with you, right? You want sacrifice. You know, or you you want them to say, I don't care where we go eat today. You decide where we go. I don't care what movie we see today. You decide what movie we go see. I don't care where where we hang out today. You decide. That's what we want. We want someone to sacrifice for us. We want someone to set aside their busy day and say, "Yeah, I'll go do something for you." I'll, I'll do that's what we want. Then God's word tells us. Jesus says, "Then do that for others around you. Take a part of who you are, set it aside. Say, ah, you know, this was some money I was going to spend on me." But take that and spend on somebody else. This was a day I'd set aside for me. But take that day and give to somebody else. That's what love is. The measure of it is that degree. And so how long has it been since you set aside a part of who you are? How long has it been since you said, "Uh, you know what, I don't have to have that brand new reel. I, I can fish one more year with this and I can buy this for so and so. Or I can do this with my money. How long has it been? Since somebody asks you to do something, you say, oh, man, I don't want... Okay, but you go and do it anyway. And you set aside what you want for that day. Every relationship based on love involves sacrifice. It is a call to sacrifice. Parenting is a call to sacrifice. If you don't believe that, please don't have any children. Parenting is a call to sacrifice. You will give, and then you will give, and then you'll give some more, and then you'll give some more. And when you think they're gone and out of the house, you're going to give some more. Parenting is a call to sacrifice. And marriage is too. Marriage is not, hey, now I've got somebody to come enjoy all the stuff I like to do. No. Uh-uh. Marriage is a call to sacrifice. If you're not ready to sacrifice, please do not say, I do. And lie to that person standing next to you. Because those vows are all about sacrifice. They're all about taking a part of you and setting it aside and say, I'm here for you now. What can I do for you? I'm I'm all about you. Friendship is a call to sacrifice. True friendship, not just every friend you've got, but a true friendship is a call to sacrifice. I mean, how do you measure friendship? Think about it. How do you measure it? When When someone is available to you just at certain times or at things that they like to do, I mean, you know that was one of that's one of my pet peeves this day these days too. You know, all these people you ask them to do something they won't tell you to the last minute just in case somebody asks them to do something more fun than that. You know, they kind of like they they kind of pencil you in just in case nobody. But if nobody else asks it, come on, some of you teenagers ought to be saying amen about this. In case nobody asks them to do anything more exciting, then okay, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go do something with you today because nobody else wants me to do anything better than this. Is that friendship? No, that's not friend. What do you count? You, you measure friendship by sacrifice. And the people who, when you want to do something and they want to do something else, but they say, hey, let's do your thing, you call that a friend. When, when, when you've got somebody that you know you can call in the middle of the night, you say, how I'm out of gas, my battery's dead, I need a jump, I'm on the interstate. And you've got somebody you know you can call, they'll roll out of bed and come. That's a person you call a true friend are you that kind of a true friend to the people around you? Man, it's time it's time we quit saying I, I i me 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 Christians. Christians because all those relationships, parenting, marriage, true friendship, Christianity is a call to sacrifice. It's not a call to find somebody to come do your thing. It's a call to find a way to do something for someone else. It's a call to sacrifice. It's a call to set aside who you are. And I know the world tells you that's not that's not the way of the world, but that's what it is. And some of you some of you right here, definitely some of you right here, some of you even right here, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up and say, this isn't about me anymore. You've heard us say that if you've been here a while. Is Christianity, church, Jesus Christ, everything was about you until you became a Christian. Now it's about somebody else. Did you hear that? It's about somebody else. It's not about you anymore. Grow up grow up 40 year olds come on grow up it's about somebody because you know what you know what if this were about you you know what Jesus would do right now he'd just come right through here and find everybody that's saved and kill us all and send us on to heaven because that would be better for me but he leaves me here you know I'm glad of that because I got some I got some kids and grandkids I need to help with help that I need to lead and I got a church I need to pastor and people that still have needs and problems I'm not here on this earth anymore for me What is better for me, Paul said, is to leave this place and go be with him and forget all this junk. He's left me here for somebody else. It is no longer about you. And I can say that to everybody in this room because I, you know, unless we got some, I mean, but everybody over the age of 13 or 14, come on, it's not about us anymore. It's time to sacrifice. I call you to sacrifice. Call you to sacrifice. For this next month, we're going to do something. We did this a couple of years ago, called it 40 touches and to change it a little bit because back, because then two years ago, I was just trying to find 40 people, just felt led to God to find 40 people to do 40 touches in the community, just touch people, people that you don't know, maybe even people that you never are connected with. But this time we're doing it different, I don't want to find 40 people. I want every one of you to hear the challenge, to touch. And instead of 40, I'm just going to ask for 20 touches. That's that's about one a day you know if you count the weekdays the days you're in school the days you're at work that's about one a day to touch somebody's life and and one of the things we're going to do we've also done is we've printed these cards for you to leave with them so you know so they so so they know uh you know things like driving through the drive-through at jacks for breakfast you know and say hey I want to buy the breakfast of the people behind me you know, I was telling leaders this the other night, and I said, you might want to look in the rearview mirror and make sure you don't have a huge van full of people right behind you. Make sure you got enough money in the checking account, you know, before you commit to something you can't do. You know, I have done that before and had them say, uh, it's uh, $18, you know that, so you might want to make sure you know before or whatever, and leave this card. And you leave this card with a little lady, and, and she'll, she'll be glad to give it to them. And they will love get. They would much rather get this than a bill for their breakfast that morning. So they'd love to get this and hand it to them, and they drive away. And and the coolest thing to do is, you know, get get out of there you know, so they can't chase you down and say, I wonder who that was or whatever. But you leave the card and do that. Or or, or do something like, you know, you, you go to work, stop by the donut place and pick up donuts and take the donuts in for everybody and, and just leave them there at the, at the table, you know, and stick your card right there by the donuts So somebody knows, ah, somebody Somebody from church, Twenty Nine Eleven just touch me. That's all this says, is, is uh, you've just been touched. On the back, it says a little more. Uh, but it's it really just, and you know, it's got our website, but it's really just to say, to, say, to, to touch people. Or, or maybe you've got, maybe there's a, a single parent on, on your street. You know, a single mom that got small kids and has to pay somebody to cut their grass. Go cut her grass one week. You know, or or a single dad that that needs help watching the kids one night, or, or or somebody just got home from the hospital, and and you know, man, a meal would just be a blessing to them. You know, to to just have something, have something like that, or or uh, you know, uh, go around, uh, go around on on Monday, or Monday, in my neighborhood. You know, and and move everybody's garbage can back behind their house. You know, or whatever. You know, and and leave them a card. They wonder how did that garbage can get moved back, or what and leave them a card or something, like or go. You know, uh, before this forty days is up. I'm sorry. This 30 days is up before this uh, month is up. We'll, we'll be at Mother's Day. You know, go to the nursing home. Give a get a bunch of flowers. Go to the nursing home and give out a flower to every mom that's there in the nursing home. I mean, there there, there are tons of ways to do this. I, some of you say, "Yeah, I'm out of town all the time, staying in hotels all." Are there not any people in hotels? You know, I mean, you know, uh, the the maid, I mean, do you ever tip the maid? No, I don't normally tip. Well, start tipping the maid. Leave a card right there and say, you know, it's not about the work that you did. I just want you to know, you know, that I'm here for you. You know, I hand it to, you know, I hand it to the the, the waitress that waits on you at your table, you know, and, and, and you know, and just say, hey, I'm just going to give you a little extra tip today just because I want to. Or buy something. Buy, somebody's meal over there. You know, that's a little easier than driving to the drive-thru. You can actually count and, and see how many people it is, and you can look and see what they ordered and make sure they didn't get lobster and steak, right? I mean, that's, but, but just to do something. You say, why would we do something like this? Let me, I'll give you some whys. Now, I will give you whys all day long. But instead of giving you whys all day long, I'd like to give you a few whys and let you get out there and start making it happen. The first why is, why do it in the first place? Because this is what Jesus did. And it's what he would still do today if he were here. Well, guess what? He is. We are his body. You know what that means? That doesn't mean lifeless, formless, dead, just laying out here, you know, couch potato body. We are his arms, legs, feet, hands, everything. And he is not an invalid. He is not deaf. He is not blind. He can do all things because he has you to work through. And he has filled you with his spirit. And from the youngest one to the oldest, I pointed at a young one. I'm not going to point at an old one. I'm not getting in trouble here. From the youngest to the oldest, and even those that feel like, I don't have anything I can do for God, you can do something like this. It doesn't even have to cost you a dime. You can do something nice for somebody. You can do something nice for somebody the next, the next month, at least one day a week. And not even counting weekends. It wouldn't even be weekends to just hit 20. Or set your, set your goals higher. Do it 40 whatever. You can do it because this is the thing Jesus would do. And we we need to do this because you know what we need? We need a reminder that Christianity only begins in this room. This is not where it ends. It is fulfilled outside those doors. It begins here, but it's fulfilled out there. And in case you think I've missed the title of this sermon series, no, I want you to understand this. Some of you, the reason you're still doing this and this and around and around and around is because your Christianity is all about you. And you have missed the whole point of who Jesus was and what he did. And you need to, you need to back up and say, wait a minute, this is not about me anymore. And what you're gonna, what you're gonna realize when you start doing this, when you start reaching out and blessing somebody else, you're gonna see all of a sudden you've got your attention and your mind off of your stuff. And now God can minister to your stuff. You remember that? Do you remember that scripture? I used to quote it a lot when we first got started because it was really, it was really a big deal. I was really making sure everybody got it. Where, he, where Jesus was saying all these things will be added, everything you're worried about, all your concerns will be taken care of. He said right before he said that, you know what he said? He said, seek first my kingdom. Seek first what I'm interested in, and then I'll take care of all the stuff. And see, here's the problem, is you haven't released your stuff to him. You're still dealing with your stuff, and that's why your stuff ain't happening. You need to give him your stuff, and you pick up his stuff. Why the card? Why don't we got to do a card kind of thing Jesus would do? Read scriptures again. Because Jesus made no bones about it. I am here so you will know who the Father is. I do this in His name. I'm loving you because the Father loved you. I am here to introduce Him to you. This is what Jesus would do. He wouldn't just go do a blessing and run away. That's a good thing, but He would say, "I I want to point you to the Father. We need a reminder. We need a reminder that being a Christian is about pointing people toward Jesus Christ. He said, Ah, it looks like an advertising gimmick to me. Call it that if you want to. If you get somebody to Jesus, if you get somebody to hear, here, to to hear and meet more Christians that love God and love God's people, even the ones that aren't Christians yet, that were created in his image, if that's what call call it what you want to call it. But when Jesus did a miracle and he pointed unto the Father, you can call that a advertising gimmick as well but it drew people to God. And this this is why we do this. Why can't, why can't I just write a check? That's what a lot of us like to do, man. Let's just, let's just hire four or five people to go out here and do this. Let's just all write checks and let them do it. We won't have to do it. Let me, let me tell you the biggest reason why you can't just write a check, because Jesus didn't. When you needed forgiveness of your sins, he could have written a check. And boy, how big a check could Jesus write? Owning all of the universe, he could have written a check. But instead, he came. He came. The ministry was coming, showing up, connecting. Being he met us have to to take us to the Father. He had to come, and then he sent us to do the same. Not sit here and write checks. Not sit here and pay and say let's let's just hire two or three more staff members and you know get them out there doing it. Not write checks, but to do it. To get out. We need a reminder that giving is not just money. Giving is also about our time and our talents. And He calls us to this. I, I'm, I'm excited because he's like, I don't want this to end right there. I don't want it to end with what you did. I want to hear about it. <laughs> I, want, I want to hear about, uh, about what happened. And we're going to have a, a way for you to even... Uh, for you to tell us, and we'll, we'll notify you of that this week in the email. We want to hear about it. And if you've got an idea of how somebody can do something, that doesn't cost a lot of money, that can bless, please share that because we we want to help everybody. People that don't have money, people that don't have extra expendable income, that, that ways that they can reach and they can bless. I want to hear about it because it's going to encourage me. And I want I'm I'm excited because I know what I'm going to see is I'm going to see people get off the carousel. I'm going to see people get off that merry-go-round. And things begin changing in their life because they get their attention off of me, mine, my, what I can, what I can hold, what I can have, what I can do, what I, all of that, and let God start working in their life. I'm gonna we'll pray for you right now. I wanna pray God's annoying on what you're about to do. I wanna pray that He walks right before you and prepares your way. And then he starts doing amazing things. Through I just bought him an ice cream cone, and God does an amazing thing through that. You believe God can? Oh no, He can. I've watched Him do it. I've read about it in His Word, but I've watched Him do it too. Bow with me, Father. I ask you right now, put it on. Put it on every one of our hearts, God. And my inability to to to, to fully challenge this group, this crowd, this congregation, God, please. I pray do not let, do not let your kingdom, do not let your your desires and your love for your people do not let it be held back by my inability to, to challenge this crowd, God. I pray your holy Spirit now do what I cannot do. God, you challenge them. God and I, I, I feel so many times inept God to to, to, to deliver the challenge Lord and, and I know some are si- sitting here before me, God, and they feel inept to do anything with this uh, uh, as I'm sharing it God. But I pray, God, that You take what I can't do and, and You issue the challenge and You take what we can't do. And God, You make it awesome. Go before us. Prepare our way, God. God, just give us, just give us an opportunity. Let us see, God. Let us see people around us with needs that we have never seen. God, open our eyes. Help, help us hear, God. That, that instead of hearing a baby cry, help us hear the cry of that single mom that just needs, that just needs a helping hand for a couple of moments. God, instead of being perturbed at somebody that's, that's, a, that's making a, a mess of a day, Lord, help us see that person whose life has been destroyed today, and God, and let us step in and start doing something about it. And God, I pray, get in the middle of every single one of those. Get in the middle. Every time a, a, a member, a regular attender of 29-11 blesses somebody these next, these next four weeks, God, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, that you would be in the middle of that. That you would anoint them, God. God, that your anointing would be there that the words that are spoken or the deeds that are done. God, the things that are done. And and as as we hurry away, God, God, that your Spirit will just stay right there and minister to that one. God, as they read this card and they think about a child of God did this for me. I pray, God, your anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something.